Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Stocks and Coffee. I'm Travis, your Stock Geek. Today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Stocks did start the morning on a positive note. The indices were up 1% at one point, and then we have completely reversed. The S&P is currently down just under 1%. The Nasdaq down about 0.8%, and the Russell Index also down just under 1%. Commodities were also up today in the morning, but have really pulled back quite a bit. Crude is still up 1%, but gold's flat and silver is down 2%. Copper is also flat after being up 2.5% at one point this morning. Yields are pulling back heavily across the yield curve, about 10 to 15 basis points today. So what's causing the big swings today? I believe it's the market's changing reaction to the weak macro data that came out this morning. The U.S. Producer Price Index, or PPI, declined more than expected month over month. Goods prices were down 1.6%. Food prices were down 1.2%. Services were up 0.1%. Overall, the lower PPI numbers do confirm the cooling inflation trend. We also got retail sales data for the month of December in the U.S. That was slightly worse than expected at negative 1.1%. Weakness in areas like gasoline, furniture, motor vehicles, and electronics drove the decline, and that did confirm that we could be heading into more of an economic slowdown as we go into 2023. Initially, of course, the market was positive about these numbers because it saw the cooling inflation data and the PPI as confirming that the Fed will have to slow its hikes. However, it is increasingly looking like the market is starting to worry about the recession case, and the bond market especially is concerned and signaling that it thinks recession will be imminent within the next two years because we are at the most inverted levels in the 10-year, three-month yield spread that we've seen in decades. We also saw an announcement from Microsoft today that the company will be cutting 10,000 jobs and consolidating some of its office space, so it's yet another large tech company that's looking to cut costs and trim its employee base, and that could certainly be cause for concern when it comes to the job market. In other major news this morning, the Bank of Japan came out saying that they are not going to change their interest rates on government bonds. They think that inflation will start to cool later in the year, and so they're staying put on their interest rate bans for JGBs. That means the Bank of Japan will likely have to keep buying JGBs in the open market as other market participants try to get rid of these low-yielding securities. So that move by the BOJ is yet another indication that many global central banks are moving towards a less aggressive tightening stance for monetary policy. Looking at individual gainers and losers today, on the gainer side, Playboy stock is up 7% today after they got a $25 million commitment to a rights offering from a couple of PE firms. JB Hunt is also up 5% after their earnings report. The earnings for the quarter missed expectations slightly, but J.B. Hunt did say in their conference call that they are expecting freight trends to start improving by the end of Q2. That's why the stock is up. We also see strength in EV-related stocks after an announcement by Shell that they will be acquiring Volta, an EV charging company. Now, Volta went public as a SPAC, and it's down 90% from its public SPAC price, but nonetheless, Shell looking to acquire more charging station infrastructure, and that is pushing up some EV stocks today. We've also seen still a little bit of strength in some of the high beta stocks like Carvana, Vimeo, Despegar. The travel stock's also doing pretty well. On the loser side, Chegg stock is down 15% CHGG after a downgrade from Needham. Needham is concerned about estimates being too aggressive and is concerned that Chegg's growth rate will slow down significantly this year. And Needham also saying that they don't see a path to significant growth for Chegg, at least in the current environment. Clear Secure, ticker symbol YOU, down 13% today. That company operates those extra security lines that people pay for to bypass security at certain airports in North America. The stock is down 13%. I don't see any major news. However, I think there could be a short report coming out on the company tomorrow from Bear Cave Newsletter. That's just my guess based on piecing some 
pieces of information together. So somebody's probably front-running it if that is the case. Interesting to note that. We also see Camping World Holdings, CWH, down 7% after the CEO, Marcus Lamonis, was out at an RV show saying that demand is weakening and that demand trends could be a concern for 2023, even though they're overall pretty optimistic about the long-term trajectory of the business. RVs, like a lot of outdoor recreation products, had a big boom during the COVID pandemic, and now that we've gotten past that, they have seen sales fall off quite a bit, so that has been a headwind for them over the past year. And of course, now it looks like economic weakness might be a headwind in the coming year. Charles Schwab stock, SCHW, also down 3% today after they had a slight miss on their earnings due to lower trading activity. Schwab benefits from higher net interest margins as interest rates go up, but that's being offset by a lot lower trading activity. And we've also seen similar trends playing out at other brokers and other banks this earnings season. Now, switching gears a little bit, I tweeted last night about a major trend that's been developing over the past year or two that I think is worth highlighting. And that trend is the rise of a class of drugs called semaglutides. Semaglutides often go under the names of Ozempic, Wegovy, Manjaro, and a few others. And they are drugs that were traditionally used to treat diabetes. However, these drugs also have interesting side effects where they can control appetite. And so people have been increasingly taking them off-label to treat weight loss. And we're not only seeing those with diabetes and obesity taking these drugs to try to lose weight, we're also seeing celebrities endorse them and take them for weight loss, even when these celebrities aren't traditionally classified as obese. For instance, even Elon Musk was tweeting positively that he takes one of these drugs recently. So the demand is rapidly rising for these drugs, even though they're quite expensive. In many cases, the out-of-pocket cost is something like fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year. Obviously, some people may have insurance coverage that bring that down. Currently, it's estimated that there are about 50,000 people taking these now. However, that number could rise into the millions over the next few years and possibly as high as 20 or 30 million people taking these by the end of the decade. I've been thinking about the implications of this, not only from an investing standpoint, but also from a societal standpoint. This might be one of the most significant breakthroughs in the battle to fight the obesity epidemic in the U.S. Now, of course, people will say, you know, people that are overweight really need to first try things like diet and exercise. But the reality is a lot of people have tried that or they do want to take the shortcut of a drug that suppresses appetite. So the reality of the situation is people are going to demand this. And that right there is going to have implications. It could have implications for things like fitness memberships and trainers. It could have implications for junk food sales and soda sales. It could have implications for other products and spending within healthcare, whether that's sleep apnea, diabetes, end-of-life care, rates of cancer, etc. If you have any thoughts on the secondary or tertiary effects of the rise of these semaglutides, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts at TV on Twitter. But the most direct impact will, of course, be the manufacturers of these drugs like Novo Nordisk, which makes not only the injectable version but also a pill version. Novo Nordisk stock is up 47% over the past year. And, of course, it is pricing in pretty heavy growth over the next few years. Analysts expect it to consistently grow at 10 to 15% for the overall company. And it is being priced today at over a 32 times forward earnings multiple, which is a significant premium to the overall market. So even though the company will grow and it will look more reasonable in a couple of years, I do think I'd be a lot more interested in NVO if it pulled back with the overall market. The reality, of course, is with such a large highly demanded class of drugs, competition will be pretty fierce and it will drive prices down over time, although volumes should be a tailwind, 
Eli Lilly, for instance, got its Manjaro semaglutide approved last year by the FDA, and its stock is already up 45% the past year. It's currently trading at something like 42 times this year's estimated earnings, so Eli Lilly is even more expensive than Novo. Other manufacturers like Pfizer are also working on their own semaglutide. For instance, Pfizer's, I believe, is called Danagliprin, although it's not clear when that will hit the market because I believe it's still going through phase two and three trials with the FDA. In any case, I definitely think this is a trend to watch. I think it will be an important one over the next few years, and I think it's one that could affect a lot of different areas of society. All right, well, that wraps us up for today. I hope you have a great Wednesday, everyone, and I will see you all tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.